Season 2, episode 105, 105, Pete's podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. Season 2, episode 105, Jesus again gives a model prayer compared to episode 54, more or less in the middle of the Great Galilean Ministry, also known as the Beatitudes, <clears throat> and or the Sermon on the Mount. Uh and encourages disciples to pray and to pray and to pray. Uh, the parable of the importunate or annoying persistent friend who kept asking for, knocking on the door and asking for bread for a visitor. And finally, the man of the house comes to the door and gives him three loaves just because he keeps being persistently annoying and to me it's like Jesus is saying go ahead ask God you know but when it when it you know there's a time limit I mean I've got a surgery coming up a week from today it's on my eyelid I got some kind of a growth or something I don't know but anyway it's probably not a big deal but yeah I'm bringing it up to him uh, pretty regular but after it's over I'm not going to pray about it you know, I might, you know, I'll find something else to pray about. But yeah, I, I I don't think he minds hearing from us persistently. Persistence in prayer is not a bad thing. Well, that's what I take from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. He just gives the model prayer. He goes, he revisits the Lord's prayer. He doesn't complete it here. But again, and I think the object there is 150. 44,000 Jewish evangelists and and they're praying for the kingdom to come. I'm praying for boldness and opportunities. I'm praying Colossians 1, 9 through 14, Barb's prayer that she entitled A Way of Life on a Bookmark. And I found it after a night of tossing and turning and asking the Lord to help me with my prayer life because I didn't know what to pray. I prayed the same thing over and over again. I never heard from him. The next day I found uh, Barb's Bible. I opened it up. There was this bookmark, A Way of Life. I'd never seen it before. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. I've, it was Paul's prayer for the Colossians, which, by the way, he prayed every day for them. But, Father, we desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, joyfulness, giving thanks to you, Father, who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints and light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The second half is thanking for salvation. I can do that till the day I, the day I'm, and I can do that for eternity. In heaven, I don't think he's going to get tired of hearing it. Uh, I can be persistent. <coughs> excuse me, in my thanking him for for salvation, and just to pray that I'd walk worthy and pleasing of him, with patience, long, good. Father, we des- I'm sorry, I've got to pray the whole thing to get to it, but, but Father, we desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, 
Strengthen with all might according to your glorious power with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. I'm praying for joyfulness. I can pray for that a lot. I like, I like joyfulness. I really, really like it. And life has seasons, and I'm in a season that, that is a little different. It's a little less populated. And, uh, but I had breakfast with my nephew at my favorite restaurant and this morning. And uh, Friday, I'm going to have breakfast, or, uh, dinner with my, my son and, and others. Um, so anyway, um, so it, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I've, I've been kind of a, uh, crowd challenged person my whole life. Anyway, whatever. All right. Uh, probably in Judea, which means around the region around Jerusalem. Based on A.T. Robertson's The Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ. Copyright 1922, C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. And uh, we're in uh, part nine, the later latter Judean ministry, and we're going to revisit the Great Galilean ministry, which was episode 37 to 71, and we're in the middle of uh, the latter, we're on episode 105. Anyway. After this part, we have the later Perean ministry, which is where Jesus was baptized across the Jordan, but towards the south, northeast of the Dead Sea, is Perea. Uh, last public ministry in Jerusalem, uh, Jesus in the Shadows, 14 episodes there, 12 in his last public ministry. Arrest, trial, crucifixion, burial, 16 episodes on the last 23 hours of his life, less than a day. Resurrection, appearance, and ascension of Christ is the last part, and that's also 16 episodes. So, all right, um, so we're, episode 105, I've kind of given it a shorter title called Jesus uh, t Teaches His Disciples to Pray and to Pray Often. And so... Um, okay, episode 105, I'll, I'll read the title that A.T. Robertson gave it just for fun. Jesus again gives the model prayer, compare it to episode 54, which we'll do at the end, uh, and encourages his disciples to pray, parable of the importunate, annoying, persistent friend, it's not a word I use every day. I'd look it up to see how where the accent was, but I think it's on the importunate uh, part of the word. Anyway, uh, Bethany, about five miles east of Jerusalem. We're in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42, because I like to go back and, and touch on what we, what we looked at before. Um, the last uh, episode, 104, ended with uh, the story of uh, Mary and Martha, and um, him rebuking Martha for, for being so busy. This is not the raising of Lazarus from the dead. That occurs later. But Jesus answered, and in, in, let's take a look at Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Luke chapter 10, verse 41, because we're going to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. So it's just a couple verses ahead of that. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 41, just to review real quick. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful or worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful in salvation. And Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. Once you're saved, you're saved. It's called eternal life, not called salvation, not probation, not temporary life. It will not not be. Uh, there is no separation and no condemn. There's no condemnation and no separation. That's that's nice to hear, especially at a graveside. Anyway, like my mother-in-law's. All right. Um, so now we're going to take a look at Luke chapter one. This is really today's episode 105. Uh, Luke chapter 11 verses 105. Uh, Luke chapter 11 verses one through 13. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he stopped or ceased, one of his disciples, unnamed here, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John the Baptist also taught his disciples. And Jesus said unto his disciples, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in heaven. Will be done in, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, and now we're going to take a look at the importutin, importutin friend here, uh, and the the uh, talking about praying uh, repeatedly or consistently or persistently. Uh, I, I I think we have Jesus's permission to pray to God. You know, I got permission from to pray about my eye surgery from now until my eye surgery. I want to pray with the doctors. I want to pray with people in the waiting room. I want to pray with nurses. I want to pray with... I want to use this for the Lord. Anyway, it's not on the eyeball, okay? It's a, a little growth at the bottom of my lower eyelid. But you got to kind of pull it down and it opens up and it rolls down and you can see it and it's Mostly when I show it to somebody, I've only showed it to family, but they go, whoa, I showed it to a couple friends at church, but it's, it's something, it, it's, it's just annoying is what it is, kind of like a important tunant friend, I'm looking for its removal. Anyway, verse uh, 5, uh, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer here, because this is obviously part of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he, he he leads off, he ends with uh, deliver us from evil. Uh, he leads off the last part of it uh, that is from the Beatitudes, which I think I'm going to read. Uh, I think I've included that at the end here. Okay, so we'll take a look at the other version. Um, now we're going to talk about the prayer and the importunate, uh, annoying, persistent friend, quote-unquote. And he said unto him, and he said unto them, 
which of you shall have a friend? He's teaching his disciples about prayer because they asked. Shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, let me read this more carefully here. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. That has to be a good friend. I've had one good, one really, really awesome friend, uh, Jim. I haven't been with him in a while. He left around 2000, left our school. But, but anyway, I noticed that uh, I remember one time he called me and said, hey, I need, I need your trailer. And I just jumped in the car and left. And my sister and brother-in-law had just gotten here. And they go, man, that must be a good friend. I said, well, yeah, he's a pretty good friend. So uh, he earned that position in my life. But anyway, um, and if, if I had a friend and I went to Jim, <laughs> and friends, friends can say no. They can definitely say no. Friends can cancel on you. That's, I learned that from Jim. You know, I was so excited about him coming for dinner on a Friday night, he and his wife. And then at 7 o'clock, they called and said, can't make it. Something came up. But, you know, I didn't, didn't even ask him. I said, that's no problem, man. See, see, you, see you on Monday. Anyway, and I thought to myself, wow, friends can do that. And I didn't, I mean, just a great, great friend. And I got more out of it than anybody that had... Jim for a friend got more out of it than they put into it. But anyway, verse 5, the importunate friend. And, and Jesus said unto his disciples, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto that friend at midnight? Wow. <laughs> and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. This was back when they made their own bread. For a friend of, another friend of mine is in his journey and is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Verse 7. And he from within, your friend, whose door you knocked on at midnight, he from within his house shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is shut. My children are in bed, are in, the children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Basically, go away. I say unto you, Jesus, I think, says here, he's, Jesus is talking. I mean, Jesus is doing all the talking, but he's kind of leaving the parable here a little bit. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give his friend, which was you, as he was talking to us in this parable here. Anyway, because he is his friend, so you go to your good friend and you bother him in the middle of the night and he goes, no, I can't help you, I can't help you, and you keep knocking on the door. And yet because of his importunity, annoying persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. I, I've only had one good friend that could get, you know, that I would answer that way. I think, 
But maybe not. Maybe I have other good friends that I would do that for. Hopefully I'm a good friend. Verse 9, And I say unto you, ask... This is my favorite thing in prayer. This to me is, 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 what about the people that never heard? But I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given unto you. All you got to do is ask for salvation. All you got to do is ask for heaven. Seek and ye shall find. I was seeking that night. I went to that Bible study 50 years ago this November. I had no idea I was seeking. I thought I hated God. When I heard about the God of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever, he had me at whosoever. I said, this is, this is legit. Whosoever believed in him should not perish but everlasting life. Gave his only begotten son. Gave eternal life. It's a gift. It's not something you have to work for. Make a bunch of promises that, that I don't know about you, but I'm not going to keep. Maybe you're the you know you're God's gift to keeping promises, making vows and keeping them, but me not so much. I go on a diet every day till I get hungry, and it shall be opened unto you. To me, that's that's heaven right there. It's yours for the taking. Verse ten. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh, it shall be opened. We're talking about heaven here. To his, his disciples are talking in the last six months of his life to them about heaven. I, I think this is also from the Beatitudes, like the Lord's, I think that's where this came from earlier. In Luke, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, verse 11, Luke chapter 11, verse 11. If a son, okay, here's here's another example of asking for something, of a father, in this case. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give his son a stone? Or he ask a fish, will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg... Will you give him a scorpion? If ye, verse 13, last verse here. Well, not really because I'm going to go back and touch on the Lord's Prayer. Verse 13, which was brought up in this passage here. In Luke chapter 11. Verse 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, and yes, Thank you. He knows me pretty well. Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? And that's what you get when you get saved. You know, since Pentecost, you know, being saved means you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He'll never lose. He'll never leave you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's that's why in the rapture, when the church is raptured, the Holy Spirit is taken with the church because the church the Holy the Holy Spirit lives inside the believer. I don't think that's going to happen during the tribulation. We're going back to the seventieth week of Daniel. And that's really where I think he's pointing to when he brings up the Lord's Prayer here in uh Episode 105, 
Jesus again gives a model prayer. They asked him, you know, teach us to pray like John the Baptist did, taught his disciples. And so let's go back to uh, to episode 54, which A.T. Robertson said uh, for us to compare. And that's the episode that I divided into eight sub-episodes. That's the only one I did that with. But it was the Sermon on the Mount, and it was just too long to do in one episode. So A.T. Robertson divided it into eight, one through eight parts. So I just you know, divided them into sub-episodes. So this is episode 54 slash 4. If you want to go back in the middle of the uh, great Galilean ministry, the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning, pretty close to the beginning of the of the great Galilean ministry. Anyway, verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, that's a little different than where we were. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and we're going to take a look at 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. And after this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. This is the one that, that I say, or I was taught. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil, or the evil one. For thine is for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I've, I've said in the past that, that I believe that he's jumping over the church age and teaching Israel. This is for a prayer for, for the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation. Thy kingdom come. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's being trounced by the Antichrist a mockery of the temple, of sacrifices. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a bad time on earth. Terrible, horrible plagues, supernatural plagues. Read, we're going to take a look a little bit at, at Revelation chapter 6 today. And the king, thy kingdom come. Man, that, that I'm going to, well, I'm not going to be here during the tribulation. So, But if I was, I would be praying that just constantly. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because it's definitely not. This is just a time I, I can't imagine what it's like. And I think the Gentiles that are left are not going to be coming to Christ. That's my own opinion. I could be wrong. Maybe they'll be coming like gangbusters. It's a scary thought. But but the, but the, the Jews will. They shall look upon him whom, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, the one they crucified, as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Yeah, that's going to be the saints of the tribulation, which I think this prayer is for. I, I pray for boldness and opportunities. I pray Colossians 1, 9 through 14. You can pray whatever you want. Paul said he prayed that daily for the Colossians. Yeah, he prayed for boldness and opportunities. I never heard him pray the Lord's Prayer in any of his epistles to any of the churches. Thirteen of them. Fourteen if he wrote Hebrews. All right, now we're going to take a look at um, Revelation 6, 
verse 9 and 10. Revelation 6, verse 9 and 10. Revelation 6, verse 9 and 10. Jesus opens the fifth seal in heaven. And John is seeing this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he's doing the opening of the seven seals. And this is the fifth seal. Just prior to the judgment of the nations, which is, I would call that, we had the judgment of Christ on the cross, then we have the judgment of the church called the Bema Seat, the rewards uh, banquet, the Bema Seat, the, uh, the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven for seven years. We have the judgment of Israel during the tribulation for rejecting Christ. But you're going, oh, you know, take it easy. You know, hey, they've got to do great. The 144, you'll see here, they, they're fit to be tied after they've been slaughtered, as you'll see in this verse or the next two verses. Just prior to the judgment of the nations, which is the fourth judgment, and then you've got the last judgment is the millennial, the the the, uh, the great white throne for punishment in hell for eternity. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and you shall receive. It's that simple. But you can be like uh, uh, Judas Iscariot if you want and not believe. I don't understand it. Verse 9, doesn't have anything to be with chosen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, it doesn't say the chosen, it says whosoever. And when, okay, let's, okay, we're in Revelation, if you got there, chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. And when He, Jesus Christ, opened the fifth seal, He was the only one worthy to open. You got to read the book of Revelation and the opening of the, seat, of the seven seals. But this is the fifth seal. And I, John, who's relaying this to us, who's had this vision, this revelation, saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. These guys are slaughtered. Uh, very cruelly, as you'll see in the next verse. <clears throat> and and they're asking God for vengeance, if you will. Saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for God and for the testimony which they held, which was, um, they had the seal of God on their forehead, so it was pretty easy to identify them and kill them. And, it, and their, their Jewish brothers that, that were believers took care of them, fed them, clothed them, tried to protect them, and they were slaughtered in, in return. If Christ didn't come back early, and this right here, we're right at the second coming, right before the second coming, and the judgment of the nations, the judgment of the sheep and the goats, th there would be nobody left to live on into the millennium. God would have had to start over with a new Adam and Eve or something, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's more than two people that live into the millennium. And they have a thousand years to... And they're going to beat our swords into plowshares and we're going to have to feed a lot of people because the population is going to grow like crazy. There's going to be no more war. Uh, I think we're going to have to be busy 
But God, can, you, one kernel, one seed of corn yields on on average five ears. Each ear, with our highly uh, processed corn, whatever you want to call it, genetically corrected corn, hybrid corn, has three hundred seeds on it. That's fifteen hundred. One seed get well, one seed you get fifteen hundred back. You know, sit down and eat five ears of corn. So I think that would be full and sufficient. When my dad, when my dad's grandfather, mother's my dad's mother's father, was captured in the Civil War out in Tennessee, and went taken back to Richmond because he was an officer and held in Libby Prison, he. Uh, but when they started out, they gave him two ears of corn, and some people roasted them. And I guess you can just yeah I, yeah we usually I, when I get the ears of corn, I I put them in the microwave for four minutes. But anyway. Um, yeah, I guess you don't eat them raw. So under the, kind of like potatoes, you don't eat them raw either. Uh, okay, let's go to verse 10. Revelation chapter 6, verse 10. And they cried with a loud voice, they that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony they held. This is their prayer. Saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, I think they're talking to Jesus. He's the judge. That's just my, I think it clearly states that Jesus is the judge. Lord, holy and true, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So, these people are the ones that killed them. The, the tribulation, in my opinion, is still going on. This is right before his second coming when he brings 144,000 back with him and all the saints, the dead in Christ rise, and we which are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord, and we'll meet him in the clouds and we'll come back to in the battle of Armageddon, which, again, I don't think is going to be much of a battle. But anyway, it doesn't talk about it very much you know, nip and tuck and whatever, but it's, you know, it's pretty much the judgment of these defeated people. And I think they'll probably be uh, rebellious to the very end. Can they trust the Lord when they're taken here? I don't, I think as long as they're taking breath, they can trust the Lord. Thief on the cross trusts the Lord at the very end. But believe it or not, some people just, no, I'd rather spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. Anyway, all right, so, um, all right, I said I would go to the Sermon on the Mount and take a look at that uh, since he brought it up here. And this is the whole, I already did that, didn't I? Well, let me read it one more time. And after this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And there's a lot of forgiveness needs to take place here with you. They're, they're, they're unhappy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or the evil one, which is the whole Antichrist thing. He's indwelt by Satan. For thy... For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, 
I'm going to pray for boldness and opportunities. I'm going to pray Colossians 1, 9 through 14, that I could walk worthy of Him, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. That's what I'm going to pray for. I'm not going to pray for the second coming. I'm not going to pray that kingdom come, because first what's got to come is that's in His timing. And why would I want to bring it, bring the tribulation in quicker than it? God's going to bring it at just the right time. And I'm going to leave it in His hands. I'm not going to ask for it. I'm just going to try to use my time. And that's what I'm trying to do here, is leave something for the tribulation saints. And I don't know if, you know, if that's going to happen or not. But I am learning a lot about uh, the uh, life of Christ. All right, so I will say adios. And I will say via con Dios. Oh, by the way, uh, season, uh, the next episode, episode 106, blasphemous accusations that Jesus is in league with Beelzebub. So he does miracles because of, I mean, they they brought this up before his uh, six months with with his disciples called the withdrawal. Uh, They brought this up all the time when they couldn't, when the miracles pointed to him as special to say the least heaven sent and they go no it's he does it through satan and that's that's called blasphemy to say that jesus is in league with satan uh, probably in judea uh and here here at robertson asks us to compare this with episode 61 so lord willing i will do that uh i will say adios to god and via con dios go with god